0: Log Talk Radio. Spring training is coming up, and the Yankees look to answer a few questions in spring. How did they stack up to the ALEs that just pr- produced the world champion? Do they have one more offseason signing left in them? All this and more on today's episode of Prince Stripe Talk.
1: Up. Hey. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. You do. Yeah.
0: All right, welcome to Pinstripe Talk. I am your host, Eamon, and I'm joined by my co-host, Anthony. And um, we're going to be going through four topics today. Uh, position battles, AL East preview, um, the starting pitching and um, who we think we you know still need to re-sign, and then sophomore seasons for Anduar and Torres. Um, if you guys want to call in um, and ask any questions, numbers 845-277-9345, um, come and we'll uh, answer some of your questions, but let's hop right into position battles and... Uh, who do you think wins? I guess we could go through all the positions. We
2: definitely can. I mean, I I definitely think that most of the positions are all locked up. I mean, I think you and I are both in agreement that Sanchez is our catcher. Uh, Torres mm-hmm. should probably play second. I think Tor- Torres at second base is logistically smart thing to do. I mean, even though we have Lemayu, um, shortstop could be a question mark if you want to what you want to do there. I mean, there's a few question marks in the infield. But really, it's going to be it's going to be third. Third is going to be Andrew Hart, Second is going to be Torres. And short is going to be Tullo. And right will be Judge. And center will be um, center will be Hicks. The two spots and, and the DH will be Stanton. Uh, the two spots I think we have question marks at are left field and first base. Um, we have, in my eyes, two guys two guys to play first base as an option, and two guys to play left field as an option. You have Gardner or Frazier play left field or you can have Bird or Voigt play first base. Um, it's, it's really going to be a battle in spring training, um, mainly at first base. I don't think Garter should start anymore. I, I really think I'd give a job to Frazier, even though they'll make the team mostly right-handed. Um, and the way Voit played last year, I think the job is his. But if Bird overwhelms him in spring training, then uh, things could be very different. And he'd be a very important batter because – like I said, the Yankees are predominantly right-handed. A big left-handed bat like Bird's, given a healthy season and a healthy Greg Bird, could really uh, could really boost this offense.
0: Yeah. Um, I would love to see uh, Voight and Bird battle it out in spring training. Um, I really hope we could see Voight's second half of the season with us. I mean, obviously he was with the Cardinals, I'm pretty sure. Uh, before he came here, but it was the second half for him and he came, he came on a new team and he did his job and he really, you know, proved New York that he could play here. Um, at least for that half of the season, we've, we've seen that with Son- Sonny, uh, Gray. So I hope it's not one of those, but yeah, I really would love to see them battle it out. Uh, that's probably one of my, uh, top positions right now to, uh, look at and pay attention in, uh, spring training. And uh, left field will be pretty interesting. I would like to see um, Brett Garner. Obviously, I don't think he should start. Um, but Clint Frazier, I would love to see him play some spring training and see how he does because uh, we haven't seen him in a while. Third base, Andujar, I would like to see Anduhar And um, I don't know. I mean, Anduhar could could take the spot over Lemayhu. Um but you know they could battle it out. Uh, I do think Troy Tolowitzki will probably be playing uh, shortstop for the for you know the time being uh, before uh, Didi uh, comes back. But um, yeah, those are some of the positions I think will be a little bit um, you know people battling out to you know get the top spot. But I do think first base is uh, something on my radar.
2: Definitely, and and same same goes here. Um, Luke Voigt really proved to me last year that New York does not phase him. I mean, he batted in only 39 games he had 14 home runs and batted .333. Uh, and really so that to me was his ability to go to right field, which really plays well at the Yankee Stadium, obviously. Um, so there's there's that to go off of with Voight. But you got to think to yourself, is Voight going to be the next Kevin Moss? I mean, is he going to come here and have the world on fire for a few months and then fizzle out? I mean, he never did this before. He played with the Cardinals in 2017 and came up a little bit in 2018. It really wasn't anything special. So, who knows? I mean, I like Luke Boyd a lot after what he did last year. I think he has some, some serious potential. So, I have to go off of that. But Greg Bird, I, I, it's hard to give up on that swing, which looks so beautifully crafted at the Yankee Stadium. can go to all fields. Um, it's just a matter of him being healthy. And his health has just been all out of whack. I mean, every Yankee fan knows this. He, uh, he just can't stay on the field. But when he's on the field and healthy, I mean, every spring training he's had so far, uh, for the most part, he's been healthy. And he's played really well. I mean, it's hard to judge up spring training, but I mean, way back in 20, way back when he came up in 2015, he was healthy, came up, he played really well. He, he batted two sixty one. I uh, hit eleven homers. Um, so he has potential to very good, but a lot of managers and a lot of people have lost their jobs. There's a potential. So it's it's hard to it's, it's hard to really predict what you're gonna do with Greg Bird. Um, so that's first base. Um, I think the infield third base is Andrew Hart's job. It is Andrew Hart's job and that is that's how it's gonna be. He's phenomenal as a hitter and he can work on defense. Chulo, if he's healthy, let, I'm just saying he's healthy, will be the shortstop. And Glad will be the second baseman. Now, what DJ's job is, is interesting because, I mean, the Yankees signed DJ to be the guy who plays every day, plays a different position every day. So he'll play third. He'll play second. He'll play first. He'll play every day. But um, he's going to be playing all over the field. So it's not like Andrew Hard's going to lose his job or Hoard's will lose his job to uh, to LeMahieu. Uh, they'll just... He'll just rest the guy a day, and DJ will play that day. So, um, no, no need to worry about uh, losing their jobs. And um, with Frazier being healthy, I think left field is his to take. Because outside of signing Bryce Harper, um, I don't see any other options out there. Aside from potentially maybe um, Brett Gardner, but it's, he's not a starter anymore. I'm sorry, Gardy, but he, he really isn't. And I think that's how the team should should should, uh, should take shape as far as spring training goes because. Uh,
0: that's, that's the best team they put on the field. Yeah, um, I'm just wondering how much playing time will DJ make you get? Like, how much rest will some of these players need for just DJ to play? And I don't want him to be a guy goes in for one game and then he has to sit 15. You know, because we kind of we kind of gave we we gave him a, a decent amount of con, uh, money on his contract. So I don't want him to be one of those guys that uh, barely plays. Maybe he'll, you know, someone will get injured, hopefully not, but he'll be the guy to, you know, replace them and do good. But I hope he's not just one of those guys that, oh, Andujar needs a day of rest. He'll go in and then the infield's fine until someone else needs a rest, you know? So I I, I hope he gets his playing time. Uh, maybe they'll split uh, time at third with Andujar or Torres uh, when Didi comes back. Uh, maybe they'll do... Using that second a little bit, uh, third a little bit, first base. It's it's getting a little um, shaky over there. But yeah, I hope I hope he gets his, his the time he you know he gets because uh, that contract shouldn't be something that we're we're just uh, wasting money on. Uh, yes, I totally
2: see your point. Um, I I just don't see how LeMay is going to start. I mean I mean with the Yankees what the Yankees have said. Uh, what people have said about the Yankees is that Tulo is the starting shortstop, Torres is the starting second baseman, and Andrew Hart is the starting third baseman, and first base is up in the air. And Lemay will bounce around. Now, I don't, I don't quite get that. I mean, when they signed him, I was confused. Um. He's not a shortstop, so he can't play in the. I mean, you can play in the shortstop, but they're saying they're going to play Tulo at short. So, I mean, I would have understood if they made Tulo the backup. And they put uh, Glaber at short and DJ at second. That I would have understood and have, like, Tula with GB this year's Neil Walker. That I'd get. That I'd understand.
1: Um,
2: and, and DJ would start and everyone would be very happy. That is until DD comes back and, and uh, we, you, you deal with that when, when, when you get to it. But their plan is to have DJ play everywhere, um, play all the time, but play everywhere and give guys rest and play and, and, and DH and play third and first and, Second, which is confusing to a guy who won a batting title and was an all-star a few times. Um, so, I mean, the Yankee brass is a lot smarter than I am, so they probably know what they're doing. But uh, the LeMahieu thing could throw a few monkey wrenches into this position battles. Uh, I, just don't, I just don't think he'll end up taking a job from Miguel Andujar, who's his, the, the likely person he would take a job from if he was competing for a job, but... There's there's just no way they they love Andujar that too much um, even though his defense is shoddy. Um, there, there's uh, there's no way LeMahieu will be the starting third baseman over over Yelich and Andujar, but it, DJ LeMahieu does create some issues um, with with playing time. But um, I think Boone will have, will, uh, will will definitely figure this out when the times when the time comes.
0: Yeah, I actually liked um, your point on moving. Glaber to short. I think that's actually a good idea. I'm making uh, Tulowitzki the like little platoon guy, because you know he's pretty old. He, he had some injuries, and if we're gonna start, if we're gonna give DJ Lemayhu a, a good, decent contract, him playing second base, starting second base until you know DD comes back, they'll shift it over. There now, there's a problem. Now you have DJ Lemayhu and you have Tulowitzki as platoons. I mean that's pretty good, but one of them has a decent contract on, on your hands. So it's going to be interesting when DD comes back. I would love to see what they do with the infield um, when that, when that, you know, goes down. But I did like, I did like the moves um, from Torres, even though he, you know, he didn't play many games at short last year. I think he may, maybe played two. I'm not really sure, but he didn't play a lot and I would like to maybe see, maybe test it for a few games and see how it goes. And then, uh, go maybe back to what they were thinking in the beginning, but that that is a good start, I think, for uh, working the infield. Yeah, I mean,
2: it just makes more sense to me to have Tulawitsky be your backup player, and and uh, Glaber in the minor leagues was a shortstop. He played 21 games there um, this this season, so he he definitely can play at the major league level. Um, so it, it just makes more baseball sense to me to have the oft injured. Troy Tulowitzki, who has a light contract, who is older, should be your backup and have your younger, uh, more financially lucrative contract uh, in DJ LeMahieu be your starter while Didi's hurt. And then when Didi comes back, then you figure things out. And Didi's obviously your shortstop, and Gleyer goes like the second base, and you figure things out from there. And who knows? Maybe Voight and Bird will both fail, and you have LeMahieu be your first baseman. I don't know. But it's it, it's confusing, but um, I think first base—the uh, the, the position battles for training. I think first base and left field. I think if I had to get a prediction, I'd say they go to Voigt and I say I say it goes to Frazier If I, uh, if I had to give predictions.
0: Yeah, I agree. Um, I just I don't know if the Yankees, if they're putting their you know, if they're believing in these two first basemen, Greg Bird, and Voigt to take the spot. Do you think maybe in the off season? well, I mean, right now, should they search for a third option? I don't
2: think I, so. I, I, mean, I don't know. It, 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 confuses it, it confuses it enough already. I mean, if you're going to go out and get, I mean, who, who's a real first-base option out there? I mean, Marwin Gonzalez has played first base, but he plays everywhere as well, and he would just confuse things as well. It's it, it's weird. I mean, you go out and sign, you think, sign Machado at this point point. play Heaven play third base and then uh and then move into our first base. So I think they're set as far as the team goes, as as far as signings go, um as far as position players go. So um it it'll be fun to go into spring training with this group of guys and, and, and uh have them battle it out.
0: Yeah. Uh, I I agree. Um but uh that's it for this segment. Uh we'll be back in a little bit.
3: Yeah. Hey everybody! Make sure to tune into the next episode of um, the Amazing Mets Podcast. Um, we will be having it on Thursday at 7 p.m. as per usual. Um, we likely will have a relief pitcher, newly signed relief pitcher Justin Wilson, on the show, but I cannot confirm that at this point. But we're trying to get that done. We will also talk about um, the Mets' continued pursuit, uh, late off-season pursuit of Gio Gonzalez, how that would impact the rotation, the current situation in the rotation, what to expect from Jason Vargas in in the next season, and we are going to have many other things to talk about with the Mets. Please make sure to tune in. You won't regret it. Thanks again.
0: All right. Welcome back. We'll be talking about AL East uh, preview and how that will all pan out this upcoming season. Uh, but before we hop into that, if you guys are looking for any spring training or regular season tickets for the upcoming season. Use code BTN on StubHub to get 10% off um, your purchase. Um, and, Yeah, maybe you can save something there. But uh, let's hop right into this AL East preview.
2: Yeah, let's... um, The AL East is looking quite interesting this offseason with potentially the worst team in baseball being uh, the Orioles in our division. They have made no real offseason transactions. Uh, They got a new manager, Brendan Hyde, so they have a rookie guy there, uh, Bucks out. Um, They... uh, they're going to they're gonna be tough to watch So I mean the Orioles I don't really consider to be Any sort of threat uh, Neither should any other um, Smart baseball fan The Toronto Blue Jays um, Again New manager uh, They got Matt Shoemaker uh, They traded Russell Martin They signed uh, David Phelps and, and Freddie Galvis And got Clayton Richard um So they made, some, they made some moves. Um, still with the rotation with guys like, well, now with Shoemaker, but they had Anibal Sanchez, and now the newly acquired Clayton Richard, and can't forget about Stroman. So their rotation's good-ish. Their offense is going to be pretty good. They got uh, Lourdes Gurriel, who I like a lot, uh, Justin Smoke, and Devin Travis, uh, former Yankee Brandon Drury, and also Freddie Galvis who they got. So they have a bunch of work with there. Plus, the, uh, the eventual, the eventual uh, arrival of uh, one of the greatest prospects of all time, Vladimir Guerrero Jr., should definitely make them a, a, a bit of a better team. So, the Blue Jays could be in 75-81 team. Um, it may be more if things, if things fall right. So, the Blue Jays will be a, 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 a team to deal with. Now, the Rays surprised everybody last year when won 90 games. And they traded Chris Archer. But so they also got Tyler Glass now, and they got uh, outfielder Austin Meadows. and a full year, Tommy Pham. They got Abusel Garcia in the outfield, and Kevin Kiermaier. Um, should, should definitely uh, help that out. The infield is a bunch of, bunch of scrappy players, like Christian Arroyo, who they got from the Giants, uh, G-Man Choi, former Yankee, and uh, Brent, uh, Matt, Matt Duffy, Joey Wendell, who's a good second baseman. In their rotation, a winner, Young a war winner Blake Snell, um, Charlie Morton, they just signed, uh, like I said, Glassnow, and they uh, the whole opener thing they have with guys like Jacob uh, Faria and uh, Anthony Banda should definitely um, facilitate a better season for the Rays. But uh, I'll let you do your breakdowns of these teams before I get into the Red Sox. So uh, you tell me what you think about those three teams.
0: Um, the Orioles, um, probably one of the worst teams in baseball right now after they traded away top talent of uh, Machado, which they didn't really need him there. Their team was falling apart anyway. I I can't really see anything coming, like, special for them or to a threat to the AL East, to the other four AL East teams. Um, So, I mean, there's really nothing for me to say about them because I don't know how their farm system is. Um, so I don't know if they have any like top prospects or anything, but I don't think they're going to be, they're going to be one of the lower end teams, um, starting off, probably maybe even the whole year. We don't know. Uh, they might surprise us, sign somebody, trade some prospects if they have any good ones and get some guys in here. to maybe, you know, hold the team together. Um, but I don't see them really doing anything. Uh, the Rays, um, uh, I, the Charlie Morton, uh, that that that's a pretty good signing. Um, he's not going to be there, be there for very long, I don't think. But th- right there, I think is a good a good hold uh, for them for a, for a pitching spot. Blake Snell had a great season last year. I think um, he's going to do. Hopefully, he has a really good bounce back season. Um, and not like one of those people that has a great season every once in a while. Um, and the infield is a little bland. Um, I I know Tommy Fame. Uh, he he got signed um, and they got him last year, which was a pretty good signing. Joey Wendell, I I actually kind of like him um, as a second baseman. So I think he'll hopefully he'll do good. I think he did pretty good um, last year. I think he was number four in the AL rookie um, voting. So I think. For them, I mean, they did trade Chris Archer, um, but I don't think I don't really think he was going to do anything special anyway. I feel like he's going to be he's declining a little bit. Um, but uh, I they're gonna they might surprise us again. I don't know. I really can't do any predictions right now. Um, I'll have to see how the team still still looks uh, maybe in spring training a little bit. Um, and the uh, the Blue Jays. I think they'll be pretty decent. I mean, they did get Brandon Jury, former Yankee. I think Gurriel is going to be pretty good for them. Um, you know, giving, getting, you know, trading away Russell Martin. I think gave him a pretty good uh, spot at catcher for you know top prospects, young people playing catcher because um, he's getting a little on the older side. And yeah, they have some pretty good hitters, Justin Smoke, um, and their rotation looks pretty decent with. Um, Stroman uh in there. Hopefully he has a pretty good season. So um yeah, I think those three teams I think out of those three I would see the Blue Jays and the Tampa Bay Rays battling out for third um for this season. I don't not I don't I don't see anything special out of the Orioles unless they do some kind of like big trade where they get a lot of they send a lot of if they have good prospects. Um, to a team that gives something up good enough for them.
2: Yeah, I, I personally see um, the Rays being the, the best of those three teams, but uh, now they got to go into our biggest, our, our biggest rival uh, in the history of in the history of sports, the Yankees and Red Sox. The Boston Red Sox, the World Champions, um, are going to be a tough foe, and that's. That, that's blatantly obvious. They uh, re-signed uh, Steve Pierce. Uh, they re-signed Nate Um They did, however, at least at this point, not re-sign Rick Kimbrell. Uh, it's still, a, it's still uh, up in the air whether that's going to happen. Uh, but they did, and they also lost Joe Kelly. So it's not like the Red Sox have gone out and do what they did last offseason and pick up JD Martinez. Um, they, uh, as a team, they're actually worse. Even if they sign Craig Kimbrough, they're still worse because they lost Joe Kelly. Because the only thing they did, they didn't, re- they didn't bring on any more players um, that they had last, last season. They had Steve Pierce, they re-signed him. They had Nate Evaldi, they re-signed him. They lost Joe Kelly. That's, the, that's, that's what they did this season. They lost Joe Kelly, and they probably lost Craig Kimbrell. So the Red Sox are a worse team than they were last season. That being said, they're still phenomenal. They're outfield of Benintendi, Bradley, and Betts. Uh, they have some killer bees in that outfield. Um, J.D. Martinez had a phenomenal year last year. he will be their D.H. Their infield probably shapes up as a platoon at first base with Moreland and Pierce. Nunez will play uh, second probably until Pedroia is healthy, or if he has a, if he's healthy to start of the season, then it'll be Pedroia. The shortstop is Bulldog, The third baseman is Devers, and Brock plays everywhere. Their catcher is a little weak in Sandy Leone or, or Christian Vasquez. That's that's fine. They have a phenomenal offense, and their rotation of you know, guys like Ivaldi, Porcello, Price, Sale, um, and Rodriguez is a good rotation, a very good rotation. It just doesn't. I, I, in my opinion, it doesn't stack up to the X. I mean, Sale and Severino. In my opinion, if you're going to compare the two, they're both aces. Severino has tipping his pitches at the end of last season, and he
3: because he's going to fix
2: that, and he'll be back in the ace form that we that we know and love uh, to start the season. So I think that's a wash. You have guys like Porcello, Price, Rodriguez, and Ivaldi. They don't scare. They don't scare me. I mean, you got. Paxton, Hap, Sabathia, and Tanaka. That's a better four than the Red Sox back four. So, and that's, I I mean, right there, I think you have, you you win it for the Yankees. And the bullpen is no contest. The Yankees are the best bullpen in baseball. The Red Sox barely have a bullpen. So, if I had to say the better team was, I think it's
0: the Yankees. Yeah. um, Red Sox. They really haven't done anything this off season that's been surprising or scaring Yankees fans or the rest of the league. They just re-signed Pierce um and did a, a few other re-signings, but I mean, I can't really see this team uh taking the division again from the Yankees. I mean, the Yankees if they go if this if the off season ended today, and they didn't sign Machado or Harper, which I we, he's most likely on the Giants. Um, I think they did good. I really think this is a solid, a really a pretty solid offseason for what we need to win the championship. I really don't. I think Machado and Harper were add ons. They could make the team, you know, even better. But we didn't really need need them. I think the reason we wanted Machado is because Dede's injured. He could play third. He could do all of this, and Bryce Harper is one of those guys that we, you know, we have a, an available spot for him, but we also have a young player that can play that spot. So those guys weren't really in need for us. We just wanted them. It was it would it would help the team out. So I think you know this off season is really good. I think what they have acquired from this is going to be so much better than what you know, the Red Sox are going to, you know, give uh, you know, attack us with. Um, I really don't think that rotation is going to be hurt, uh, hurting us for the Red Sox. I don't, don't even think a question that bullpen is going to even touch us Um that. I could see that bullpen blowing a lot of games for them. Um, and you know the offense is going to be the one thing that's going to probably compete with us for um for the division um but i still don't think that's a, the the offense is going to do anything compared to uh their pitching um the offense is just it's you know their offense is going to be great their pitching is not going to be on the you know the great side of things um for them like last year so i really do think that Uh, what they did in the offseason for the Yankees is definitely going to push them over the Red Sox and win the division. I
2: wholeheartedly agree with that. Um, The Red Sox, while you have to be cap to them, they are the world champions. Um, The Yankees have improved their team from last season. and The Yankees won 100 games last year. So um, I, I, I really believe that the Yankees are the team to beat in the American League East, uh, getting James Paxton as a big lefty behind Severino, um, and the Red Sox have done nothing. They've sat back this offseason and done pretty much nothing except from re-signing a few guys and allowing Joe Kelly to leave. So, it's... I mean, I, I may be a little presumptuous, but I do think this division will be the Yankees.
0: Yeah, I have to agree with that. Um... I just, I can't see how it could be. This this could be the season that we really push for the uh, World Series uh, appearance. So, um, yeah, I really, I don't right now see a team that could uh, totally wipe us out. The Astros are one team that I feel like we're going to have to compete with um, to go before, you know, before we uh, go to the World Series, but if we even go there, um, but yeah, I think that's right now in my head. That's the only team I think that's going to be a, a bit of a threat um, to us.
2: Yeah, the the Astros are, um, are probably our greatest threat within within the league. Um, them and the, them, them and the Red Sox. The Red Sox are a threat. I'm not going to say they're not, but um, I think a greater threat than the than the Red Sox is the Astros, and thankfully they play in the West. So.
0: Yeah. All right, um, this is the, the end of this segment, and uh, we'll see you guys in a bit.
3: Hello, Diamondbacks fans! The annual D-backs Fan Fest is right around the corner, and we will be giving you a sneak peek at what the D-backs have to offer this year. This Friday at 9 Eastern Time, 7 Mountain Time, on this week's episode of Rattle Up. Fan Fest will be taking place this Saturday, February the 9th, from noon PM to 4 PM at Salt River Fields, and it's free of charge. There will be player autographs and much more. We will run you through what the D-backs and their partners have to offer and also go through the non-roster spring training invitees and the impact they could have on the team. All that and much more on this week's episode of Rattle Up. 9 Eastern Time, 7 Mountain Time. Make sure to stop by. 9 Eastern Time, 7 Mountain Time. See you there.
0: All right, welcome back. Um, Our next topic for this podcast is... Um, Yankees, you know, pitching and uh, if they, you know, still need to sign some new guys Um, but before that, guys really want to ask any questions Um, the number to call in is 845-277-9345 and before we hop into this, we do have a caller or wants to AJ from Huntington wants to talk about the Red Sox bullpen Um, so you can bring him up
1: Let's go. Oh, okay, thank you so much. I appreciate uh, you letting me on the air. Yeah, I have a quick question regarding what you were just talking about with regard to the Red Sox bullpen. Do you think that if they don't sign a bona fide closer, like if they don't re-sign Craig Kimball or get someone else, that they could possibly move Nathan Avaldi into that closer's role, much like what they did back uh, about 10 years ago when they had Jonathan
2: Papelbon as a starter and then moved him into the rotation to fill that spot uh, when they didn't have a reliever at that point? A great show, and I'll hang up and listen to your answers. Thank you. Thank you very much, and I think the question is definitely, uh, definitely a, a valid one, considering that the Red Sox, at this point, have legitimately no closer. It's, it's kind of baffling how they have Matt Barnes is probably their best reliever. So if the Red Sox are confident with uh, Steven Wright coming back and being a, rotation, a viable rotation option after being hurt with knee injuries um, and he could slide into that fifth guy, I think uh, Evaldi would make a phenomenal closer because his his stuff could tread to the bullpen. He throws 100 miles an hour with a pretty, with pretty good slider. So I think he could be a phenomenal closer if, uh, if, if given the proper training in that role. Um, that being said, Evaldi this off season signed a four-year deal with the Red Sox. Um, maybe he'll be a relief pitcher down the line, um, but after his... And what he did last, um, last, all, last, uh, last season, and especially the playoffs, the Red Sox have high, high hopes and a lot of confidence in, in Nathan Navali. So, I think if they end up not signing a closer, it could be something they might consider. But as of right now, if I had to guess, uh, if Nathan Navali will pitch um, as a starter or a closer, um, I'm going to put most of my money. On uh, Ivaldi being a a starting pitcher,
0: um, I would I, we did see a little bit of Nathan Ivaldi closing in the World Series um, game, I think three, where it went eighteen innings. He pitched a phenomenal. He basically pitched a whole game in extra innings, um, and he was you know that dominant guy. Then I could definitely see him going to that role, if, you know, if they do have, if you, you know, if Stephen Wright is healthy um, and he comes back and does well, I could even see him, Stephen Wright, even maybe being their closer if it comes to that, if it comes to the time being. But I do think if they did sign him to a four-year deal, I don't see him being a bullpen pitcher the whole time there. Um, I think they did like what they saw from him. Um, from the you know rotation spot, um, he de- he demolished the Yankees in um, the one playoff game he pitched. So I don't see if they do. I think it's going to be temporary, maybe just for this season, um, or maybe for just a little bit of this of the season. But I don't see him fully taking over that role uh, for his four year contract. Um, so I will I will say that. They do do the option it's not going to be it's not going to be permanent i think he will eventually go back into the rotation um so yeah i think uh he'll 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 be mostly a rotation spot for uh, for them
2: yes uh de- definitely uh see your point and uh thank you for the question uh, yeah it was a thank nice, you it was a very nice question thank you for that um so now we're gonna get into um the potential Starting pitchers, the Yankees could, uh, could end up signing to uh, help fill out the team if need be. Um, give, me, give me your thoughts on that?
0: Um, I would like to see Severino have another dominant season. Obviously, he's one of our guys that we, we, we need him to do good. Um, we, I feel like it, the past years we've had a good rotation, and then we got one guy that just is just struggling. And we need, I feel, I really feel like this year is the year that we have a solid five to six guys that could do their job and we don't have to worry about them falling off the, you know, the hill. Um, so quickly Severino, I feel like is going to be one of those dominant guys. He's going to have a great season Paxton. I really hope he does. He's had some injury problems. I really hope he doesn't get injured this year. I hope he has a healthy season for the first season for the Yankees. Um, but the injuries, I really, I really hope he can avoid um, and have a really dominant year. Because if he can, he'll will be effective for this team. Uh, AJ Hap, uh, he just got to do his thing. I th- I feel like he did. You know, he did really good for the Yankees when we picked him up, and I do uh, think he'll continue to do that. Masahiro Tanaka, he, you know, he's just one of those guys that when we we brought him up. He did really, really well. He fell off a little bit because he had some elbow, you know, injuries and stuff. But I think he'll be one of those guys that, you know, will do really well. Um, I know I keep saying that this whole rotation is doing really well. I, I really can't say anything that's or see anything that's going to be bad. I think Tanaka did extremely well in the playoffs against Boston. I couldn't see anything that's not going to make this guy, you know, be bad. Um, He might have some shaky starts here and then, but I really think he's going to be dominant. He's been dominant in the playoffs for us. So I really don't see any worries in him. Um, And he was one of uh, probably the best starting pitcher in the playoffs last year for us. So I really think he will have a good year and CC it's his last year um, in pinstripes uh, until he retires. So I hope he has a really good um, last season and, you know, doesn't, uh, you know, get caught in injuries and stuff, and misses a lot of of the season. But yeah, I can really see this this five six man rotation really, really solid, you know, going into uh the new season.
2: All good points. All all very good points. Uh, the Yankees rotation obviously consists of Severino, who is our ace, and I think he'll be a in, in top flight ace form. Paxton, who has a phenomenal work ethic a phenomenal left arm. I mean, I just saw a quote from today, and I'm, para- I'm paraphrasing here. He said he's not, he's not happy unless he, uh, unless he strikes out 27 guys and 81 pitches. Um, so I think he's phenomenal there. I think the rotation as a whole is going to be, be great. Um, but we are getting in a, uh, a regular. We have a Donald from New York calling in again to ask a, a question. So I'll take a little quick break from this.
1: All right. Gentlemen, how are you? Hello. Hello, sir. So, quick question. With the uh, fantasy baseball
2: right around the corner, and I have my draft actually in a couple of weeks, if you had caught blanche with each position, what would your team look like?
0: Ooh. Um, that's actually a really good question. I do this every year, well, so.
2: Yeah. I haven't played fantasy baseball in a long time, but, I mean, if I had my what I pick of each position, Wow. Personally, this is how I do it. Gary behind the plate. You're not, not going to find a better hitting catcher in baseball. Gary, and if you're not confident in Gary's last season, Wilson Contreras, because you got to go a fantasy staff. I don't think Posey is a, a great fantasy player. I think he's a great catcher, not just because of his defense. So, he, I, as far as fantasy catchers go, I would take Gary, first base, uh, Goldschmidt, second base, Altuve, shortstop, I mean Lindor, third base, Arenado, and if you have three outfielders. Judge,
0: Trout, bets. Okay. Um, my catcher <laughs> right. will no doubt be Gary. Um, I really can't see... Obviously, you said um, Contreras. That's probably the one other guy I would pick. Um, or JT or Amuto. That's Those three are all in the mix. First base, it would either go probably Goldschmidt or Rizzo. Um... No question I'll have yeah, Freeman. One of those three. I'll probably have Altuve or Torres or Torres as like a backup for uh, second. Um shortstop. If Machado's still playing short, probably that's the pick for me. And third base, uh either Aaron Arenado or uh Jose from uh Ramirez. Uh, outfield for me's gotta go Judge, Trout and Harper as my three.
2: You can't go wrong with either of our teams, and I hope uh I hope the fantasy team does well this year, Dom.
0: Yeah. I but hope so um, too.
2: but back to back to these starting pitchers. Um the Yankees have said that they're probably gonna be done with uh with, with acquiring um position players, which I mean if they if, if Machado or Harper End up uh, having their market fall, then maybe that changes. But um, they might be in the market for another starting pitcher. And while well, I don't agree with that, that would probably make them have these a, six, a six-man rotation, which I never like six-man rotations. Um, I think the best option right now. I mean, Dallas Keuchel had a had a had a phenomenal career, won a Cy award, but it'll cost you a lot of money. If we're going to go with a 6 guy, and we're going to go with another option out of that out of that rotation, there's no better option for the Yankees than Gio Gonzalez. Gio Gonzalez has proven he can pitch in big spots. He's been to the playoffs with the Nationals. Um, just two, just two seasons ago, he had a 2.96 ERA. Yes, he had a pretty bad. Se- he had a bad season with the Nationals last year. But in five starts with the Brewers, he was three and zero with a 2.13 ERA. So he's still got a lot left in that tank. He's 33. If you're gonna if you're gonna go out, go out and get another starting pitcher, it's start time to do a two year deal. Um, and he could be a, a viable. Rotation option um, for the Yankees. That being said, I don't think the Yankees should necessarily go out and get another starting pitcher, because I mean we have our we have our five deep, and then we have options like Clint Frazier, Domingo Herman, um, Loisaga, and others to be that uh, that guy if need be. But um, if the Yankees really feel they need to go out and get another starting pitcher, Gio's their guy.
0: Yeah, um, I could see Gio Gonzalez being one of those guys that um pitches for people uh, that need rest. Um Dallas Keuchel would probably for me, I would I would I actually really like him just cuz I know he had an off year last year, but if you see his past years, he's been on the ball. He's pitched great in New York. He's always killed us in the playoffs and every time he's pitched here. Um so I feel like with with us knowing that, I feel like that would be a really good option for a sixth guy, um, even if he doesn't, even if he isn't the sixth guy and he makes someone else the sixth guy and he goes into actually pitching uh, in the rotation, even making like CC the sixth person, I would be fine with that. Um, just cause I know he's really pitched great in New York. So that would be a guy for me that I would be targeting for an extra pitcher um, but Gio Gonzalez isn't anybody else to sleep on. Um, you know, he did he does he did really well for the Nationals. Then he went to the Brewers, and I'm pretty sure he did really well. So those two are very target targeting. I'm pretty sure Gio he is a little bit on the older side of things, but I do think if we're gonna go for a guy that you know now that Cece's probably gonna leave after this year. If you really want to target a person, I mean, you could go after Keiko. I feel like that would be a great option um, to, uh, you know, put in their rotation. Um, Yeah, that's it for this topic. Uh, We'll be uh, going into a new one in a little bit, and uh, we'll see you guys in a bit.
1: Hey right. guys, this is Gunson from Bucko Booth, also a producer here on this show. Just want to make sure you tune in this Saturday at 8 a.m. Eastern for a special episode of Bucko Booth. We're going to be talking about the Nick Franklin and Tom Kohler signings and how they impact the roster heading in 2019, as well as the recent proposed rule changes and if the designated hitter may be coming to the National League. Who would fill that role? Would it be Diaz, Gong, Chisnall, All that, and we'll be breaking down all the rule changes as well. We're going to be talking about the Francisco Liriano signing and how bringing Papa Francisco back to the Berg is going to be an effective move. All this and much more on this week's episode of Bucco Booth at 8 a.m. Eastern on Saturday. You don't want to miss it. Reminder, 8 a.m. Saturday. I'll be there, so uh, we'll see you there. Enjoy the rest of this episode, and we'll see you Saturday.
3: All
0: right. Welcome back. Um, we'll be talking for our last segment today, we'll be talking about Miguel Andujar and Torres' um, sophomore seasons. So, yeah, what do you think will, you know, happen with them?
2: From what I saw out of, uh, out of the two Yankee star rookies, uh, Andujar and Torres, um, let me start with Andujar, what I saw out of Miguel – um, was a guy who has a bat you can't teach. He's born to hit. The guy can flat-out hit, and I think what's going to happen with Miguel Andujar, <clears throat> as he gets older, get a lot of doubles last year. Miguel tied the rookie record, the American rookie record for doubles at 47. If you remember, when he was young, Manny Machado hit a lot of doubles. And they all said, when he gets bigger, when he gets older, He'll fill out in his body. He'll start hitting home runs. He'll uh, hit more home runs. That's going to happen to Enduhar as well. So, he's going to get bigger. He's going to fill out. He's going to be a really, really good hitter. He was a great hitter last season. He's will only get better. I cannot say enough uh, good, good things about Miguel Enduhar <clears throat> as far as his hitting goes. Now, as far as his defense goes, it's a bit of a different story. Um, his glove itself is really good. Now, the, the getting to the ball for Andy uh, he's really good at that. He's really good at doing that. The problem he has is getting rid of the ball and throwing the ball. He throws from a sidearm sort of position. Ball goes everywhere. So that can be worked on with guys like Alex, Alex Rodriguez, who was spring training. Um, if Willie Randolph goes down there, even though Willie Randolph was a second baseman, uh, he can help him out. So he has a lot of guys to, uh, to, to help facilitate having a better year in the field. So I think. I really don't think that Andrew Har is going to struggle that much uh, as far as his, his, um, his offense goes. He was pretty consistent throughout the whole season last year, and he, um, he really proved to me that he can be a um, unfortunate Yankees. Glaber, on the other um, Glaber had some ups and downs. Glaber started off, started off slowly for a few games, played really well for a few months, slowed down a little bit, and ended the season pretty well. Um, so it just shows that he can be pitched to, but he's also a good enough hitter where he can adjust to it and come back and be Glaber Torres. I personally think Glaber has the ability to bat 320, um, which is saying a lot, to fill. I mean, he could fill out and probably hit maybe hit 30 home runs. He's not going to be a superpower hitter, but he can do that. Um, Glaber's issue in the field is his glove itself. His arm is phenomenal. Um, it reminds me of Cano's arm. But um, his problem is sort of getting to the ball, and getting it in the glove. Um, that can be worked on as well. Again, Randolph, Erod, could all help him with that. Um, but um, and uh, Torres might be a guy who struggles here, struggles there, but bounces back because he's a good enough hitter to adjust and to make uh, the league just to him, and he'll adjust right back. He's a smart player, he's a good player, and he's a young player. So... He uh, he definitely is going to be a uh, a big force on the Yankees, um, and uh, he could sure he'll he'll definitely sure up that defense, and it's going to be really fun to watch uh, these two superstars in the making.
0: Yeah, um, uh, I'll start off with and Duhar. Um, Duhar, you know he broke the doubles record, I'm pretty sure for the Yankees, and um, you know what he's done so far on the you know hitting side of things. Um, I think he's done phenomenal. I think the only, uh, issue I would have with him is he gets very, he gets anxious to hit the ball in big moments. I, I, I saw it in the playoffs a little bit. And even those little tense moments when we, you know, all we need is a single, you know, to, you know, get someone in. Um, he gets, he, he tries to hit the ball and he wants, he wants the big moment too much. um, and when he does do that, he uh, strikes out, he'll pop out, he won't do the thing that we need him to do. Um, And I think that will honestly, you know, looking at his rookie season, I think those will be something that, you know, he'll have to work on. And with the experience that he had in his rookie year, I think that's great for his rookie year to actually have that experience so that when they do happen, um, he's not like that, like some of these other players would be if they never saw it. So I, I like seeing that in his rookie year and he can build off that and, you know, not get as anxious, just, you know, do what he's been doing and, you know, get the job done. Um, and yeah, I think that's the only thing I would have to say about his, about his hitting, his fielding needs a little bit of work. He, you know, he gets a little bit of, um, gets some errors here and there, and he does throw the ball a little wild, um, a lot of the time. So, um, we'll have to see, you know, he, he was a rookie last year. We'll see any improvements maybe in the off season, that he's made to, you know, um, improve that. Spring training's right, you know, it's a little bit away. Um, so, I would love to see if he, you know, if he improved anything and in spring training, you know, we see something. Um, or during spring training, maybe they're be working with him. Um, we don't know. Um, but I'd love to see, you know, both sides – of, you know, the hitting, the anxiousness. It's not going to really show in spring training or the, you know, the beginning of the season, maybe it will for like the first few games. Um, but I really can't see him improving in that till, you know, the big moments walk off moments, you know, post So I really think um, those is not going to be as much of a, you know, of a fix than the fielding, but yeah, he's still, I feel like he still needs to work on both, maybe both of those um but, obviously, the big moment is the big moment. You get a little anxious sometimes. So, yeah, I think that's, you know, the things I think about in Duhart, you know, maybe hopefully he can improve on and um, what I think, you know, he still needs to. Um, Torres, when he came up, I think he was, you know, he was struggling a little bit. Uh, we didn't really expect this from him since he was hitting phenomenal in AAA. Um, but you know, he did start picking it up and, um, you know, he, it panned out to be pretty good, um, for us, you know, he came in some clutch moments. Um, I don't think he's as anxious in those big moments as, um, in Duhar is, but I do see Torres in big mo like a little bit in the playoffs. I know this is playoffs. I'm talking a lot about them, but you know, it's his rookie season. He's never experienced it. So obviously he's going to, you know, it's going to improve. Um, but he was a little. Um, I feel like in the big moments he was a little nervous, and the pitchers knew what to throw to him in those in those, you know, those times. Um, because he was striking out a lot. He wasn't really getting a lot of contact on the ball. He wasn't really hitting the ball like he we 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 see Torres do. So I think you know, in those big moments, we'll you know. Hopefully he'll calm down. We'll see them do better in those moments. Um now that's the really, you know, they've experienced it a little bit. Um I know we did see one moment uh one, you know, little clutch moment where he hit uh, uh, a home run, uh I forgot off who, but it was a walk off. And, you know, that really helped us out um in that game and it was one of his first few home runs. So I think uh for both of these guys, you know, fielding is still gonna be a little bit improved. I don't think Torres as much as in Duhar, but um, the nerve, you know, the nerves get to them. And hopefully in those big moments, you know, from years to come, it, they don't get, you know, they don't bite them like they did uh, a little bit uh, this year.
2: Definitely. Both have things to improve on as far as their, uh, their anxiousness, the plate goes. What I noticed when I watched the two of them throughout the season was they're anxious at the plate, more so Torres, they're ang- he's really anxious to play when he's struggling. When Glaber struggles,
3: um,
2: he, 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 he jumps. He, he jumps towards the ball. He tries to pull everything, and, he, and he, he ends up just falling out of what makes him great. When Torres is is on and he's playing well, I mean, the man had two walk-off uh, hits last year. He had a walk-off home run, a three-run home run off uh, Dan Otero and the Indians. Uh, and he had a walk-off single against the Astros. So in big moments, he, uh, he, he really does not shy away from them. Um, and Miguel Andujar had his very own walk-off uh, base hit this year as well. So um, when the moment comes, they don't shy away. They only end up being anxious, really what I see, is when they, um, they're struggling as hitters, which is to be understood. Um, they start leaning. Um, but Anduhar Kind of reminds me of Vladimir Guerrero in the sense that there's never a pitch Miguel Andujar saw that he didn't like. He will swing at the ball at his he the swing of the ball that bounces, um, and he'll probably make contact with both of them. He uh, he really knows how to put the ball in play. He has that big helicopter swing, and he uh, he really knows how to put bat on ball and and just find holes so he he really um as far as a hitter goes is very advanced i mean he he won't walk very much um that's to be expected but um that will come with age and come with experience but um Haar, har um his biggest thing he has to work on is clearly his defense towards his as well frankly um but if uh if they have a good support group around them what they do with the yankees i um i think they will definitely um Come out of any slump they have fairly quickly because they're both very talented ball players, very talented hitters, and um, it's gonna be um, it's gonna be fun to watch them both this year. I do not predict any, maybe slightly, but I'm not even gonna say that. I'm gonna say it right now, I'm not predicting any sophomore slump for Miguel Andujar or Vladimir Torres. Bold claim, don't care. They are not gonna slump this year.
0: Yeah, I don't, I can't see them you know having a bad season i don't think they're going to have like a a bad sophomore season like a lot of guys do i think we saw it in you know jock peterson um he had a really good he had a pretty good first season he went to the home run derby basically he messed up his hitting i mean after that after the uh, home run derby he didn't really do what he was doing in his first year so um uh i don't you know i don't see them uh doing too bad i I would love to see them have like a a sophomore season kind of like Judge where he didn't, you know, he didn't do what you know some sophomores do. They fall apart after their rookie season. They're only good for one season and then they, you know, they can't, you know, get it, you know, back together. So um, you know, I think Andrew yeah, and Torres will be a great uh a great have a great sophomore season uh you know, solid hopefully in everything. Um obviously I, I do expect them to have a few ups and downs and maybe be cold for a little bit of, of you know, time, but I don't see them, you know, fully falling apart and, uh, you know, not performing well.
2: I, I totally see the uh, these two ball players being um, consistently great. Um, I think Torres is actually getting better. Um, and a lot better. I think Ando will get better, too, but I think he'll get marginally better, maybe a little more home runs, maybe a little better batting average, better defense. But um, I think Torres is really going to come into his zone. I think he's going to be uh, arguably the best second baseman in the game. I mean, Altuve has something to say about that. But um, he really just knows what he's doing at the plate. You know that the guy is in the batter's box. He has a clear picture of what he wants to do. The ball's decide what to do with it. The ball's there, what to do with it. The breaking ball, fans ball, change up. He knows what he's there to do, and uh, and he has a plan of attack. And it's uh, it's, it's – I'm, I'm very happy to be a Yankee fan for a lot of reasons, but also because I get to watch these two guys play every day.
0: Yeah. Um, I can't wait to see, you know, what they do this season in the future. Um, but before we wrap up, uh here today um if you guys want to get any Pinstripe talk merch uh we have a shirt of uh Dylan Batansis and a little bit of um some graphic on it um visit uh www.baseballpodcastnet.com and um there's a lot of other um podcasts that have their shirt up if you guys want to go check them out um but our personal one is uh Dylan Patansis with, uh, you know, his name and stuff. So if you guys want to go get that, um, make sure you go and, um, you know, look at it. Uh, there's also a uh, baseball podcast network um, merch as well. So if you guys, you know, want to get that as well, you're more than welcome. But, yeah, that's that's it for today. Um, I think we, we said what we needed to say for each topic. Um, so, yeah, um, I'll be signing off. Anthony, if you have anything to say.
2: Um, just thanks for listening in, there and there. so long, everybody.
1: If I can make
3: it there, I know I'll make it just about anywhere. It's up to you, New York.
1: Pinstripe Talk is produced by Benson Fector. Pinstripe Talk is a production of the Baseball Podcast Network. Be sure to give our hosts a follow on Instagram. Eman at Yankees Network 99. And Anthony at Simeon 16 That's S-I-M-E-O-N-E 16. For more Pinstripe Talk content, be sure to head over to our website at baseballpodcastnet.com. Be sure to follow the Baseball Podcast Network on all their social media platforms. Instagram at baseballpodcastnet. Twitter at Baseball Podcast One. That's P-O-D-C-A-S-1. YouTube at Baseball Podcast Network and SoundCloud at Baseball Podcast Network. Thank you for tuning in to Pinstripe Talk. We'll see you next time.